to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of Church of Ed Wood. At least I used to be Reverend Steve. Nowadays I go by my name Lynn. I am a trans woman living in Oklahoma. So the mere fact that I am alive for this episode, I, I think I should get a medal. Just, just being, being trans in the Midwest can be difficult. Oh, God, yes. I, I, your boobs need to be bulletproof. Yeah. Well, they're plastic and they're very soft. So there's that at least. I don't know if they can deflect a bullet, but they can certainly absorb one. This is episode 432 of the podcast. And, oh, oh, man, we need to talk about so much. We need to talk about politics. We need to talk about entertainment. We need to talk about World War II. And we need to talk about this week's film, the 2020 movie. I use with finger quotes because it's about the same length as uh, Dumbo, and Dumbo's hardly a movie. Yeah. Uh, the 2020 movie, Corona Zombies. And yes. It, it's a full moon pictures production, and that's all you need to know. That that says a lot right there. From the makers of Evil Bomb comes Corona Zombies. They made two sequels. We'll get to it. We'll oh, God, it. yes, I know. Yeah, we'll get to it later. Um, if, if, if you said that... My life was on the line, and I would either have to watch the two sequels to Corona Zombies or be murdered. It would take me a while to make a decision. I would, based on this movie, I would have to go straight for murdered. Yeah. So, uh. Bye! Yes. This opening, this beginning, this monologue, uh, this one's gonna be a bit different. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to shoot out a bunch of different topics, and we're just going to talk about them and respond to them off the top of our heads, okay? Okay. Because in two weeks a lot of things have happened, so let's just let's just uh, uh, talk about some stuff. No one specific thing. Let's just talk about everything that's happening. Number one, the January 6th committee investigation. There are people online and they're saying oh man trump would go to jail as soon as uh july as soon as the end of the month and seriously does any i'm shocked that anyone thinks that that's actually a possibility well i hope i hope that i'm wrong but it's not like america has a great track record of holding rich white guys accountable Okay, but you know, uh, again, a lot of the country puts gas into bags. What they think, okay, go ahead and think that. What difference does it make? But the fact of the matter is that the January 6th committee has already said that they are not sending Trump's case over to the Justice Department. So, no, yeah. Trump is not going to get arrested out of this. Yeah, so what's the point of Okay, all of this is. I think it's a good thing, you know, don't get me wrong, but this is a show. Yeah. This is this is not actually hearings. 
This is a presentation of the findings of the hearings. The hearings have already happened. And everybody they feel that they want prosecuted, that's already been shown, sent over to the Justice Department, where Merrick Garland is not doing a fucking thing about it. But Trump specifically said they are not recommending his case over to the Justice Department, even though they have more than enough evidence to do so. That is was a literal statement by Liz Cheney. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like uh, oh man, I just zonked out. But yeah, there are people saying, "Oh man, Trump's headed to jail. Trump's uh, pals are headed to jail. Trump's and, and it's like that's not going to happen. Trump isn't going to go to jail." He does have got some tips. Number one, save your condiments, save your, save everything, because trading things is very important where you're going. You know, you save some of your mustard, save some of your mayonnaise, you can trade that for other things. And the bartering system is so important for people that are locked up, you really could make a name for yourself. Just save everything you can. Also, try and conserve toilet paper, because toilet paper is basically like gold in there. Another thing, try and befriend the biggest guy. Once you go in there, try and befriend the biggest guy. If there are any like former Nazis, go to them first. Yeah. Good thing for Trump. Yeah, that's a good point. Find any current Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, just the biggest dude. Maybe uh, the big show is just arrested. The thing about the January... Yeah, okay, okay, okay. But even if Trump were to go to jail, he's not going to that jail. Yeah, he's going to to cushy jail. He's going to... I can't believe the fucking golf course is closed on Mondays. He's going to that jail. He's going to the Goodfellas jail where people are still... Making three-course three course meals. meals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the jail that Trump would be going to. One where you can still get prosciutto. Yes. Yeah. There's something else I was going to say. I just came out of a really relaxing bath, and so I, I, I'm in a different... Uh, universe, uh, universe right, right now. now. Oh, yeah. yeah. The thing about the January 6th investigation is that they're doing a really good job explaining Trump's uh, crimes, but also, who are you trying to convince? Trump supporters? We already know that they don't believe in facts. Otherwise, they wouldn't be Trump supporters. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it, all of this seems just a bit... Pointless. I, I'm happy for it, and I'm happy that that it's happening, you know. But also, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like in a way, I totally got you because it's another performative dog and pony show. It feels but like, but like, at least we're getting the show. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Nothing will come of it, but at least we're getting the show. Yeah. Okay. 
Let's move on to another topic. Uh, Bunny, let's reboot some old action films. We touched upon this a little bit last week, but Hollywood, Hollywood will, will learn the absolute worst lesson from the tremendous success of Top Gun 2 Cruise Control. Top yes. Gun 2 The Dark World. The Top Gun 2 The Winter Soldier. Hollywood will now just be going through the 80s and 90s and finding action films and saying, hey, we'll give this a sequel slash reboot. And so I, I spent a good portion of, of, of this past week thinking of movies that Hollywood will try and crank out more of in the next uh, two to three years. And so I was okay. thinking... Uh, right off the bat, The Last Starfighter. Yeah. That could do with some good... And that one, I don't know if I would even be upset about it. I like the original Last Starfighter, but it could do with some actual decent modern-day special effects. I'm actually surprised they haven't done a Last Starfighter before now. You know? That's actually kind of surprising since... I'm Everything. Um, I don't know who would star in it, but Bloodsport. Bloodsport, okay. Yeah. You could make like a. The way I see Bloodsport is that, you know, uh, Bloodsport, starring Jean Claude Van Damme, will continue in a moment. The way I, I see it is Jean Claude Van Damme's Bloodsport is the first Mortal Kombat movie. You can do a modern-day reboot of Bloodsport, but this time make it serious like that last Mortal Kombat that came out. Yeah. See, I, I, don't, know. I, I don't know if I really want Bloodsport done now. How old is Jean-Claude these days? I would like to see, I would like to see a sequel to Bloodsport when he's somewhere in his upper 80s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Somewhere in there. Somewhere somewhere in the in the Biden, Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump area. Okay, so with of age rock, right there. And then get his Belgian ass out there doing blood sport too. Okay, so in in the in the I was thinking like Michael Jai White. I was thinking like don't get Jean-Claude Van Damme back. You can have him as like, a, as like an old, withered veteran or the rich guy no. who runs the thing. But no. I, was thinking, I was thinking the guy who played a, a Black Dynamite. No, no. I want to see... You want your social security check? You do the fucking splits, bitch. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I don't know if he can do that now without seriously injuring himself, but... His uh, hip would just break off. Yeah, yeah, his hip would just be gone. Uh, I don't know how you would do it now. I don't know how you would do this one out of the 80s, but uh, War Games. War Games? You could do that in modern day. Well, we still have the nuclear weapons, so it's always valid. Okay. Uh, here's one that I think they could absolutely do in the next two to four years. Young Guns. 
Young guns. Get some like young, uh, attractive actors in their twenties and thirties. I don't. I fucking what's his name? Timothy Chalamet. Uh, Timothy Chalamet. Get him. Get some other young actors. Young guns. You can absolutely do that. I'm surprised we haven't brought that back. So, so we get like Finn Wolfhard in there. Yes. Frankly, he would work. He would. He absolutely would. Yes. Okay. Uh, now here's a great. Here, here's the uh, the best idea that I came up with. This is a a sincerely good idea. This is a remarkable idea. So you know how they they nowadays over the past couple of years they've been doing this thing on TV where they get modern day actors and comedians and they do live old episodes of TV shows. Where it's like, oh, here's here's all of these famous modern comedians, and they will be performing live an episode of All in the Fame. No. Yeah, they've been doing that on TV, like, uh, and then like the uh, Facts of Life, uh, All in the Family, shows like that. And I was thinking about that on TV, and I was thinking, why can't we do that? But with Movies. So here's my pitch, and I think it's a really good one. You get the Sylvester Stallone movie over the top, and I'm not okay. talking about airplaning it. I'm not talking about getting an, a, a pre-existing film and adding humor to it. You do a shot-for-shot, scene-for-scene, line-for-line remake. You psycho it. You Vince Vaughn psycho it. Okay. You do the exact same movie, except Sylvester Stallone's character. As the truck driver slash wannabe professional arm wrestler who is trying to win the pro wrestling arm uh, the, the the pro arm wrestling contest while also winning custody of his son, that character is played by Michael Sarah. Okay. But then here's the best part. I, I I'm intrigued. Okay, here's the best part. The young son is played by now modern day Sylvester Stallone. And we don't mention it at all that Sylvester Stallone is Michael Sarah's son. You get Sylvester Stallone in like a little short pants, you know? Like he goes to a prestigious private school. And then all of the all of the the professional arm wrestlers in the tournament are all like small dudes. Like uh, Aziz Ansari. Okay. You know, like the yeah. smallest, nerdiest people that you can find are all of the arm wrestlers. Yeah. But still, I, I could go for this. And then that becomes successful, and you redo a bunch of other movies like that. Like you, you make a like a a, a, a shot for shot, scene for scene remake of. The first Mission Impossible movie, but with soft puppets. Just off the oh. top of my head. Okay. You, know, you redo entire movies, but just with bizarre casts. I would pay good money to see that over the top, over and over again. I think that's yes. a decent idea. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. Fight Club? Starring Nathan Lane. Oh, I would pay good money to see that. Nathan 
and uh, uh, Newman from Seinfeld. I mean, really, I'm just thinking of like taking the whole cast of like the producers or something like that. Yeah. And dropping them into Fight Club instead. That's a great idea. idea. That is a great, great idea. idea. Like, like some, some action, action film, film, True Lies, but starring Danny DeVito. Yes. That, that sort, sort of thing. thing. But it's, it's not, not an airplane. airplane. It's, it's a percent you do the entire movie just with a different cast. Oh, no, no. I got it. I got it. And now that I got it, I've got to fucking see this movie. Okay. Okay, ready? Yes. Absolutely. Brokeback Mountain, Danny DeVito, Joe Pesci. Ew. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. That is a that is that that idea is tits. That's the tits, funny. That's such a that is such a good idea. Holy shit! I had a I had a little pesci in me. Train spotting, but with overweight people. Just all. Overweight. Okay. What's a very, what's a very sensitive fried green tomatoes with an all professional wrestling cast? Something like that. You you get all of the top male wrestlers from AEW, and you have them do terms of endearment. Yes. That's what I'm going for. You get um. You get. Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, and you have them do Thelma and Louise. Boom! Right there. No, Brock Lesnar. I don't think Thelma. I don't think Thelma and Louise would really quite work. I hear what you're going for. No, because Thelma and Louise is already a male action flick starring two women. Boys don't cry. With a, with an adjusted script to make it a, a more feminine type movie. So if you, you if you take two wrestlers and you put them in Thelma and Louise, you, you're just putting it back to what it was originally going to be, which probably would have sucked. Okay, um, you get a bunch of professional wrestlers and you put them in uh, the exotic Marigold Hotel. Okay. Get a bunch of porn actors, put them in uh, The Godfather. Okay. That, that's what I, I'm, I'm trying to think of. Uh, get like the greatest movie, Citizen Kane, and just fill it with uh, like character actors. Trained poodle. Citizen Kane, all trained poodles. I'd be down with that. No, no. You get Citizen Kane, and you redo it with monkeys like Lancelot Link's secret chimp. Yes. Well, I am down, I am down, with, I am down with, with talking chimps regardless. In any, any shape, form, manner, I don't care. I need more talking chimps in my life. I always have. Yeah. Uh, Bunny, I've got a bit of news here that'll blow your freaking mind. 
Okay. A, a, a legendary piece of lost media has been found. Okay. Some anonymous Reddit user uploaded the 1978 Sesame Street episode where Margaret Hamilton reprised her role as the Wicked Witch of the West. A long-lost Sesame Street episode, which in the world of lost media, this is like the holy grail of lost media, because the, the, the original actress who portrayed the Wicked Witch of the West, Margaret Hamilton, shows up in a, in a 1978 episode of Sesame Street, She's flying over Sesame Street and she falls off of her broom. Her broom gets in the hand of David, the cool black guy who, who uh, helped run Mr. Cooper's store. And the Wicked Witch shows up on Sesame Street and tries to get the broom. And she's doing her Wicked Witch uh, uh, shtick. Yeah. Wiggies, ah, I will turn you into a basketball. I will turn you into a feather duster. Oh! And she's being all loud and angry and wicked witchy. And apparently it was way too scary for one-year-olds, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds. And so PBS got inundated with numerous complaints of very, very young babies and toddlers crying and freaking out over the Wicked Witch on Sesame Street. So the episode aired once in 1978 and then was pulled and was never aired again, and the episode was considered lost. Really? For decades, the only bit of proof of this show's existence was an article in some newspaper, I think the New York Times, hyping uh, the Wicked Witch uh, flies her broom into Sesame Street this weekend. There's an image. This really famous image of uh, Margaret Hamilton in her witch outfit standing in front of Oscar the Grouch in his uh, trash can, and it was always it, it was always believed that we would just never see this episode until some random dude yesterday morning uploaded it to Reddit. Wow! And my wife and I saw it. It blew our minds. At one point. She threatens to turn Big Bird into a feather duster, and Big Bird gets scared. So in the next scene, Big Bird is seen in front of Cooper's, Cooper's store guarding it, and it's shocking. He's like, I'm ready to get that Wicked Witch. He's got a bat in one hand and a really? stick in the other. Like he's going straight up Casey Jones on someone. He's going to be beating the shit out of the Wicked Witch. Yeah. It, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it, it, it's an amazing bit of lost media that was just randomly found. What's it, what's it look like? I heard, I heard it in brief passing somewhere. It was posted. I, the thing that blew me away was how attractive Maria looked. And I looked it up. She was like 26 or 27 years old when she did this episode. And I, I, I was so, I'm so used to like... 40-year-old Maria on Sesame Street, like older Maria, I was shocked to see like a young Maria. Maria was kind of hot. She was. Yeah. I was surprised. I only watched Sesame Street like in the 80s growing up, and it was it was surprising to see a younger Maria. 
Yeah. And I, I, I learned a lot about Sesame Street from this episode, and that's going to be the shaft for next week, Steve's Historic Approximation. We'll be talking a little bit about Sesame Street. I'm really excited about it. But it's out there. It's on Reddit. I posted the link on my Twitter, uh, at Reverend Steve, because I joined Twitter so early that I could just get the name Reverend Steve and not have to put, like, eight numbers after it. Yeah. So uh, you can go there and find it. it. It's not the entire episode. They cut out all the little cartoons in, in between segments. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So it's just like 15 minutes of the live action plot of Margaret Hamilton in Sesame Street. It is, it is a fascinating watch. Because she is an old woman. She was in a 1939 movie, and here she is in 1978. And she still got the voice and the actions and the mannerisms. She's still kicking ass as the Wicked Witch, though. Good for actress Margaret Hamilton. Yes. Yes. Well, she was having kind of a kind of a resurgence in the late seventies. Yeah, uh, and she was popping up on a lot of things. I mean, that would be right in the same time period as the uh, Poland Halloween special. Yes, and. Uh, I, this was pointed out by numerous people on Twitter that she disguises herself as an old woman and goes into Mr. Hooper's store to try and get the brew. And uh, they all think at first that she's an old woman and says, oh, welcome. Can I get you anything? Can I get you coffee? And she says, no, I don't drink coffee. And apparently that was hilarious to people in 1978 because apparently Margaret Hamilton was the spokesperson for... I don't know, Folgers? I think it was Fol yeah, Folgers, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. She, yeah. So, yeah, she was definitely having a resurgence at the time, but it, it, fascinating to see this thing that everyone assumed was lost to time randomly pop up. Because that's the amazing thing about lost media is that it can just pop up just on some random Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Okay. We need to talk about professional wrestling. What has Vince done now? Holy crap. Okay. Wrestling news has been insane over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Roman Reigns has been uh, WWE champion for over a year, a year and a half, like two years. He's had the belt on so much. He's, he's become like... like uh, like, like the, the tribal, tribal chief, chief. Okay. Is what they're calling him. And, and, and so he even unified the belts. So the WWE, the Raw Championship and the SmackDown Championship, he owns both belts. And once he did that, he renewed his uh, contract. So now he's basically doing a Brock Lesnar and he can show up whenever he wants, which means he's never showing up. And now the WWE belts are sort of disappeared. Uh, they have announced that Brock Lesnar will be appearing at SummerSlam. Okay. And that's the only time we'll see the WWE belts all summer. So Brock Lesnar has become... Uh, so so Roman Reigns, the WWE champion, has become Brock Lesnar, which means the WWE championship doesn't mean anything anymore because it's just not around anymore. And if the, the WWE championship isn't around, then what's the point of anyone wrestling anymore? Mm -hmm. What it, are, are, is suddenly the inter the, the, the European, European Championship, Championship going to be the most important belt? It, it's just ridiculous. And then 
there are still a bunch of random firings happening left and right. They're firing these NXT people. They're firing this and that. I'm still upset at the fact that they fired. Uh, uh, Tim, morning. Oh, okay. So, uh, so then Sasha Banks and Naomi, the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, walked out during a Raw taping, and so uh, they they shit talked them on air during the show. And now it seems like Sasha Banks, one of their biggest female wrestlers, may have been fired, may not have been fired. Who knows? And then about a week, two weeks ago, Stephanie McMahon left the company. Oh, really? Yes. And it was shocking at the time. She said, oh, I want to be, uh, I want to spend more time with my family. And everyone, and it was believed that she wanted to spend more time with her family because uh, Triple H had a heart attack. But he had a heart attack a year ago, so the timing's a bit weird. What's even weirder is that a week ago, after Stephanie McMahon has already left, and articles started appearing in uh, trade magazines about how Stephanie McMahon wasn't doing her job well. And that she she wasn't she was underperforming, and it it is generally believed that that story was actually leaked to the press by Vince McMahon and the WWE that like the WWE were shit shit talking Stephanie McMahon, and the whole thing okay. and the whole thing seemed really confusing. But it makes more sense now that um. It, it, Suddenly, CNN and, and, and all the news media are reporting about Vince McMahon because in uh, January, a, it, the story going around is that Vince McMahon had a uh, sexual relationship with an accountant in WWE, and he paid her a $3 million hush payment and made her sign a non-disclosure agreement where she can't badmouth Vince McMahon, or mention the uh, the sexual encounter that they had. She quit, and uh, the board of executives at WWE learned about this $3 million payment, and now they're investigating it. And the board found out about this a month ago. So Stephanie leaving two weeks ago suddenly makes a lot of sense. She did. She said, "I'm leaving the WWE to spend more time with family, and I will." And she like erased the WWE from her uh, Twitter bio and her like uh, online resume. Doesn't mention the WWE at all, and so she was trying to distance herself from the scandal. Uh, and it, it the investigation has uh, uncovered numerous other allegations about Vince McMahon and the head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis, who is an occasional character on WWE. And apparently this woman and the $3 million settlement, when Vince McMahon was done having sex with her, he passed the woman to John Laurinaitis as if she was a toy. Okay. And here's Vince McMahon's defense of his actions. The $3 million was my own money, not company money. I paid that from my own pocket, so I didn't do anything wrong. However, 
Okay. Apparently, the accountant was being paid $100,000, but once they started having sex, she got she started getting paid $200,000. Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis claim, oh, she was just really good at her job and she was given a raise. It has nothing to do with the fact that I pressured her into sex. So then Vince McMahon stepped down from the company and it was announced that Stephanie McMahon is coming back now as an interim CEO while Vince McMahon is being investigated. And everyone said, oh, so Vince McMahon will be uh, stepping down. Uh, WWE is going to be going through some serious changes. Uh, this Friday on SmackDown, he showed up and opened SmackDown. Vince McMahon? Yes, to cheers from the audience as if he hasn't been shown to be an alleged uh, serial uh, sexual abuser, predator. Yeah. We've got five minutes, so whatever you're saying, make it quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It, uh, so, if I did it willingly, I wouldn't willingly admit it happened, because that's Vince McMahon. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, that's gross. He's 76 years old. The guy's a freaking uh, mummy at this point. Vince McMahon? Yeah. Oh, that's what I was thinking about. Like, like it, it would take $3 million to have him come at you with his Randy Quaid crazy period looking penis. It would take $3 million just for him to touch my shoulder. That's a yeah. He's technically still married to his wife, Linda McMahon, but I imagine their relationship is as loving and caring as Donald and Melania Trump. I would imagine so, yes. Yeah, so... Uh, the w and a lot of people are saying that Vince McMahon showing up to open Raw after he stepped down as CEO amid sexual uh, harassment allegations is just a sign that, oh yeah, he's still going to be in charge. Uh, nothing's going to change. Yeah. This was a power move. It was tone deaf. It was stupid. And according to people backstage at the WWE, it's just in business as usual. So uh, that's all. That's what's happening in the WWE. Suddenly, professional wrestling is big time news and it's uh, crazy. But that's what's happening in the WWE. Fuck Vince McMahon. Oh, God, yeah. If you put down and now his daughter is in charge, I would love to see her just change of. You know, I would love that too, but it's it's not going to happen. Vince McMahon is still in charge. It's a puppet dictatorship. Also, I have an appointment tomorrow with a gender confirming therapist, affirming therapist to start me on the process of getting on estrogen. Nice. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, nice. I've been uh, living as a woman for a, 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 about a year now. And so tomorrow I'm going to uh, a, a special clinic in Oklahoma City and talking with a, a specialist to start the process of eventually me starting to get uh, estrogen shots. By the way, the face waxing was awesome. Fuck! <laughs> ah! ah! Oh, so that it was 
it was basically it, I, I felt bad about the live stream because I was worried that people wouldn't find it to be entertaining because near the end there all I was doing was crying just crying just straight up fucking trying not to oh, to show my tears that much you know yeah, but apparently it's been seen almost like a hundred times, and people are really liking it and digging it, and like people are commenting on it and tell, telling me quotes from it that I don't remember because it was too traumatizing. But if Jackass has taught us anything, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that people seem to appreciate my pain. Yes, but I'm glad you liked it. I blamed you for a good portion of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was fun. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. Yeah, she said people liked it. Really if she yes, if I wasn't live streaming, I would have given up. Like, like after three or four strips. Well, but the estrogen that should cut down on some of it, doesn't it? Oh yeah. When I'm on the estrogen, I don't want to shave anymore. As it is right now, I'm shaving like every day. That's why we were doing the, the waxing. Yeah, it was like two weeks where I didn't yeah. have to shave. And it, it, it felt nice to finally not have to shave, but not enough to go through that again. Yeah, so that's it for our monologue. Good stuff. Uh, we will be uh, doing uh, one of my favorite segments, Steve's Historic Approximations. I've got a short one, a good one about World War II and wood that I'm very excited about and Nazis. We're going to be talking about Nazis and passive aggressiveness. And I'm really excited about this one. I, I did a lot of research to make sure that it's true. So uh, we'll be taking a short break. And then after that, we're going to be coming back with Steve's historic approximations. So be sure to stay tuned. We're just going to have a short uh, technical difficulty as we and we cut right there. Yeah, I don't see a reason for cutting the sound. Is there a reason, audience? Is there a reason to cut the sound? I mean, I know what we're doing. We're just rolling back in. The riveting resetting of the Zoom meeting. Running out the meter. Well, the meter's run out. So we gotta get some more quarters back into that bitch.
here she comes. Mute. There you go. There we go. Are you ready? I am ready. With more of the Pope on film. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast. I mean, it's it's the talk of the town. It's sweeping the nation. It's swiffering the nation. It's rumoring the nation. But only real fans, true hardcore fans of our podcast, uh, fans... Real fans, the Poffies out there, who have been with us since the beginning, back when this show started off as a public access show in 1993. Yes. In, in uh, 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 how could I forget, Kent, Ohio, where the podcast started. Back then, our show was a public access show about just two things, slap bracelets and paws. Yes. Hell yes. Yeah. Hell yes. You know those slap bracelets, funny? You know those slap bracelets? Yes, I do. Slap them on. Do you know what those were? Uh, they, they tracking were just, devices? Huh? They were just, um, tape, dis- tape, not tape dispensers. What am I thinking about, honey? The, the, the tape measure. Measure, yeah, yeah tape, tape measure. measure that they would just <laughs> cut up and cover with fabric. Yeah, yeah. Back then they were very metal. Nowadays, you buy one that's probably like plastic. But back in the day, yeah, you would just rip open the, and you would just see like one inch. You would wear, you would wear, until the little ends would wear out, and the metal would start making you look like you were suicidal. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, but real hardcore fans. Of ours, Bunny would know two things about us, two fundamental and really real facts about both of us. America's hottest will they or won't they couple? The modern day uh, Sam and Sunny and Cher. We, yeah. Sunny and Cher. Yeah. Bunny uh, uh, and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, the first fact about you is the fact that in your spare time, Bunny, you teach ballet classes. Please tell us more about that. Uh, it's it's very demanding. It's very demanding. Uh, I I uh, have a slightly different technique. It is a, a very uh, like Yugoslavian. It's very Slavic. The technique I use for for ballet. Because uh, the thing is, is when you're learning ballet, which is why you start with children. You know. Um, it actually reforms your body. Your body does not grow in the same way as somebody who does not do ballet, in particularly the feet, you know? So I like to have the first day of class, I like to have all the children line up, and then I go down the line with a sledgehammer and I bust their feet and I put them into molds. Uh... Let me tell you, cry just like little bitches. You know, hear a lot about foot. I mean, I mean, where is your devotion to your art? Okay. Yeah. 
talking about foot binding in, in this, the year of our Lord, 2022. That's good. That's good that you're bringing it back. Old school, very old school. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what we like to do in this part of the show is I like to get a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know that well, and reworded by my own unique storytelling panache. And that's yes. what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations! Or Shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name Shap. It sounds like something you hear on Hop. Well, somebody Shap my mama! And then there's like a laugh track. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. Anywho, and it has to be Steve's historical approximations, because what is it going to be? Maylin's historical approximations? Milhap? That sounds horrible. Yeah. No, Maylin's historical approximations, so Milhap. 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 Moha, Moha. Think that's a think that's a name of a, a Cylon from Battlefield Earth, bringing Cylons back into the mix. Anywho, today on the old Shappy Shap Shap, we will be talking about the absolutely, positively, one hundred percent, ninety-eight percent true story of the wooden airfields of World War Two. Electric Boogaloo. For a long time, people dismissed the stories of wooden air bases. But recently, this odd bit of history has in fact been verified by numerous historians as, eh, this is probably true. So, uh, it's WWII as Dick Miller's character in Gremlins called it. It's WWII, and the Nazis are bombing the Allies, and the Allies are bombing the Nazis. And the Brits are like, man, how can we stop? Or at least slow down these frickin' bombings, because these douche canoes are flying all over the place, they're destroying all of our airfields, what do we do? And someone, I had the crazy idea of uh, what if, and hear me out here, this is going to sound weird, but hear me out. What if we build fake ass air bases? Just made of wood, balsa wood, just, just, just we build fake airfields, a fake air base that looks real from like super far above with the Nazis flying overhead. And, and it, that way, the Nazis will bomb those, and those fake bases, and they won't be bombing the real bases. And this actually happened for years and years in World War II. Uh, both sides would be building fake wooden air hangars, fake wooden planes. For years, both sides would end up performing airstrikes, real actual airstrikes with actual bombs on fake wooden airplanes. Isn't that crazy? Yes. 
It's crazy. So the stories of especially with all the, especially with all the people standing by the fake balsa wood airplanes and they're just like bobbleheads. <laughs> the wacky waving inflatable arm flailing allies. Yes. Yeah, is what they just have there. The stories of, of uh, fake wooden airfields were so damn ridiculous that for decades people assumed that these were tall tales from the fox of war or whatever. That this was just, oh, this, this is just people. People are making this up. This didn't actually happen. This is probably just imagination or something like that. But there is proof that this actually was a thing. Uh, there are bits and pieces of his history to back this up. For example, there are true diary entries of a foreign war correspondent named William Shire. He published his diary entries from the war as a book uh, that he published in the 1940s called Berlin Diary. And in his diary entry for November 27, 1940, he wrote, and I quote, both sides in this war have built a number of dummy airdromes and strewn them with wooden airplanes. So there you go. Plus, that book, uh, Berlin... Uh, there was a 2009 book called Wood for Wood about the history behind the wooden airfields, and that was turned into a documentary called Wood for Wood. I thought that was the Jonas Brothers document, and the Jonas Brothers autobiography, yeah. yeah. No, that's Menudo. That's Menudo? Yeah. And I, I actually found the full documentary free on YouTube, but it's all in French. So, okay. But it is, there is a, a French documentary. Wow, that was, that, I did that on purpose to make sure you were all awake. And you all passed. So you all get a gold star for listening to this podcast. I dropped the mic for those of you just listening. And not it, watching on Twitch, but you should be watching on Twitch. Is that mic even working? Because that should have been a lot louder, I would think. Uh, I, is it? I don't know. Tap hold it. On. Tap, tap, tap. Hold on. Let, hold on. Let me, let me listen. This is not that loud. Hold on a second. I'm going to switch. Okay. Let me, okay. So I just switched microphones. Okay, it, it, testing, testing, testing. I'm waiting for the, the screen to catch up to the dialogue. Hold on a second. Yeah, you're very muted now. Yeah. Uh, okay, now, yeah, now it's horrible. Okay, so we're going to switch again. Microphone over. Okay, so I've switched to a third microphone. I'm not sure which, because Zoom being Zoom, and also this is my wife's computer, there's like four different microphone choices, so I'm trying them all out right here on chat. 
Until we get one that works, I want people to hear this. This is a good shot. Yes. Okay. Okay, that one doesn't sound like great either. Uh, uh, come on. Ah, what did I do? Let's, let's try this one for a little while. It sounds as good as the first one. The middle one sucks. Okay, so I've, 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 I've gone back to the first one, and I, I want to see how it sounds. Does this sound good? Does this sound okay? This sounds good, but when you get mobile, you know, like once you're getting into doing what you're doing, and you're moving around a bit, as you, as you move back, the sound drops off hugely. Okay, so I will stay right here and podcast like this. Like I am a professional podcaster. Then you're going to have to get a fedora. Okay, gotcha. All right, so wooden air bases. Okay, so in the book, in the movie documentary that they made, they do interview numerous veterans who were there and who saw the wooden air bases and who helped build the wooden air bases. So this isn't like a hypocritical thing. It's real. It's a fact. Yes, Eleanor. Sure. One spray and that's it, okay? Okay. So that brings us to the main story. It is a meme that has been going around in the history buff corners of social media over the past couple of months. And it's a true story. It's World War II. It's 1944. And the Nazis have occupied Holland. Okay? Okay. They know that the Allies will be coming soon and bombing them. So the Germans, they decide to build a fake airfield. And they get to work, all of their Nazi soldiers, and they're building. Uh, speaking of Nazi soldiers, Star Wars fans are pissing me the hell off. This is an unplanned aside, but I'm oh, so sick okay. of, of uh, there's a new bad guy in the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show, and she's like, I don't know, the Grand Inquisitor or something, I don't know, but she's a black woman, and of course, oh, they put a black woman as the bad guy in Star Wars, because Star Wars is woke. Star Wars is owned by Disney. I'm so sick of these liberals trying to make everything about politics, and it's like, fuck off. So now this poor black actress is getting death threats from Star Wars fans. Fuck all of these people. Yeah. And, and it just pisses me off, because these Star Wars fans are like, why can't I watch my... Why can't I watch my... Uh, magical Jedi space show where leftist rebels are fighting against an evil far-right dictatorship, a, a dictator and his Nazi-era stormtroopers without it getting political. <laughs> Ridiculous, but okay, whatever. You're getting the wrong messages from these films. Uh, okay, so the Nazis have occupied Holland. I think I said that. And they know that the Allies are going to come and they're going to bomb them, so they start building a fake airfield and, and fake vehicles, wooden tanks, wooden jeeps, wooden air hangers, 
wooden fuel tanks, wooden everything, and they're working hard making a giant life-size fake airbase. And it took so long to build this massive wooden airbase that the Allies are just there with, uh, I don't know, uh, goggles with, uh, you know, just watching, and they're like, uh, oh, yeah, they're building a fake here. They're building, yeah, we, we've had plenty of time to do reconnaissance. Yeah, the Nazis, they're, they're building a fake airfield. You know what? You know what? We'll let them finish. Yeah. So, so what do the Brits do? They attack with passive aggressiveness. I think it's a very British move. What they end up, what they ended up doing, it's very British. We're gonna attack them in a polite British way. So the Allies wait for the Nazis to be done building the fake airbase. And so finally, when Germans finally finish the fake airfield, one single Royal Air Force ship takes off, lies across the English Channel, flies to the wooden airbase, and drops one single wooden bomb on the fake wooden airbase with the words wood for wood written on the side. And to this day, that single wooden bomb is proudly being displayed at the Airborne Museum in France. Nice. Where it is still there. And uh, people like saying that these stories, people have said for many years that these stories are fake, but it it's true. They're here, it's a fact. And the public ought to know about it. Yes. Last night I saw a flying How would Ed Woodfield know that finally the U.S. government is like, yeah, okay, there's shit out there we don't fucking know about. Like, that's fascinating. Man, people should take a, a, a new look at Plan 9 from outer space. Yes. Now that uh, aliens have all but been confirmed by the United States government, <laughs> if anything, Ed Wood should be vindicated. Plan 9 was ahead of its time. As opposed to doing anything else. <laughs> I, 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 mentioned, I mentioned on a, a Twitter like a night or two ago, I just posted some articles about me, and I, I, I said, friendly reminder that in very, 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 very small circles, I'm almost a big deal. Yes. As the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, I'm in Ed Wood's Wikipedia page. Okay. Let's, be, let's be really honest. This right here is about the extent of the circle. <laughs> and one time a writer for the Huffington Post writing about the Church of Ed Wood I, 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 I'm, I'm just the, the world's smallest big deal and uh, someone who I went to high school said and the Church of Ed Wood was the moment I realized that you were trans and it's like oh wow okay so you knew I was trans in 97. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> Anything, this is your fault now. Thanks.
<laughs> I realized that I was a trans woman when my daughter Amber finally just asked me, hey, when you dress up, do you feel like you are a man dressing in women's clothes, or do you feel like you are actually a woman? And that's when a light bulb went off in my head, and I finally saw a million clues throughout my entire life of all of the the hints that I was actually a woman this entire time. So if anything, me waiting until my 40s to be to come out as a trans woman is kind of Amber's fault. Okay. Because why didn't Amber ask me that question way before that? In 1997. Yeah, in 1997. Anyway, that is it for Steve's historical approximation this week. Next week, we will be discussing a shocking story about a cast member from Sesame Street. And we will also be talking about how uh, oftentimes kids will uh, tell rumors and tall tales, but sometimes they're kind of true. Yes. We're going to be delving into the shocking seedy underbelly of Sesame Street next week in a chef that I am very excited about. I'm saying next week. We're doing the podcast every other week, but I'm still going to keep saying it. Okay. It just feels right. So join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations. And cut on that. One thing that we know for sure that used to happen on Sesame Street all the time. A lot of puppets got fisted. Yeah. A lot of them. Now it's time just for about our, all of them. Just about all of them. Now it's time for our exciting new, uh, exciting new segment of the podcast, Running Out the Meter. I see you have a graphic. That's great. Yes. No, Running Out the Meter. Running out the meter. It's our new segment where we get to talk about whatever we want while we wait for this free Zoom call to end. Isn't that exciting? I saw an episode of The Muppet Show that I had never seen before, and Big Bird is the special guest on The Muppet Show. I had never seen it before, so I don't know when this happened. But the thing that really made me happy is that Big Bird shows up and Big Bird meets Miss Piggy. And Miss Piggy's like, who are you? And he says, I'm Big Bird. I'm here to see my friend Kermit. We, we used to, he lives on the same street that I do. He used to live in the same neighborhood. And I'm like, okay, there you go. Sesame Street and The Muppet Show were in the same universe. Yes. Because you would always have those, like, uh, roving reporter, Kermit the Frog, segments on Sesame Street. Yes. So that was the same Kermit the Frog who apparently parlayed his uh, newscaster success into a uh, variety show. Bullshit, he was sleeping with Jim Henson. Yeah. That's what happened. That's how you move up in the Muppet world. Probably. You know that Ralph the dog used to be into some shit because he was a musician. You know? Before the Muppet show, he would be on, like, talk shows and shit. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. 
Yeah, Ralph was in the pool. The the Jimmy Dean show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Crazy. Or the Andy Williams show. Andy Williams used to have a lot of Muppets. Yeah. There was a one-season Muppet sitcom that was just called Muppets. And it was basically a cross between, like, just imagine, like, if the Muppets did The Office. Okay. Like a fake mockumentary about the Muppets as they're trying to do Miss Piggy has a late night talk show up late with Miss Piggy and Kermit is like the director and producer yeah it's 30 Rock meets the office but with Muppets and it aired on ABC for one season and then they canceled terribly long ago right yeah it wasn't that long ago but fuck that was a great show like the last decade somewhere uh, uh, Pepe the Prawn was bisexual. The band did weed. It was uh, referred, I think, a couple of times that Bunsen and Beaker were in a gay relationship. It, it, uh, uh, Kermit the Frog was uh, confirmed to have a pig fetish. Because he breaks up with Miss Piggy and starts dating another pig, and he literally looks at the camera and says, What can I say? I like pigs. <laughs> and you, you see, see like Muppets driving and Fozzie is dating a human woman and the dad of the woman objects to their to their human bears in cross species relationship. And Fozzie goes to a, to her parents' house for dinner and he's like, Oh I, this salmon is delicious and the dad's like, Oh, what a surprise! The bear likes the fish. Oh. It was it was a, a surprisingly adult take on the Muppets, and it was great. But like, it was canceled after a year, and it pisses me off because like Disney owns the Muppets, and they're doing shit with them. Yeah. Pissing me off. The Muppets deserve more. Fuck. Disney owns. Hundreds of thousands of hours of Muppet content, and they're doing so little with it. And, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that Disney owns us too, don't they? Probably. If the Muppets had a YouTube channel and they would post on it all the time and they would do little skits and do little scenes, and one of the things that they would do is that they would do songs. The Muppets would do songs on their YouTube channel. They did a, a, a I think it was, was it Gonzo? He did a cover of uh, Flowers on the Wall by the Statler Brothers. Who was it? Was it Fozzie? No, it was Beaker. Oh, it was Beaker. He wasn't singing it, but like, was it the rats who were singing it? And then he was acting it out. And then there was one where uh, Sam the Eagle did Jungle Boogie. And then at the and then at the end of it, it was funny because it, it, it apparently the whole thing happened because he was drinking uh, Long Island iced teas and he didn't know that there was alcohol in it. Okay. What are in these Long Island iced teas anyway? 
But there was one that they did that got like a shit ton of views and went viral where all of the Muppets sang Bohemian Rhapsody. And that okay. was one of their most famous ones. And it was great and it was funny and it was hilarious. It wasn't until recently that I realized that that happened because of corporate synergy because Disney owns the Queen music catalog. Okay. So that's how the Muppets could get away with covering Bohemian Rhapsody because the Muppets are owned by Disney who also secretly own all of Queen's fucking music. Disney owns shit we don't even know about. I know. See, and that's that's the thing about the whole Ron DeSantis Disney fight. Okay, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's just a couple of people just like pissing at each other, but like, if this becomes like real and damage starts getting done, only we win. We, we win. I mean, Disney does need to be taken down a few pegs, and so does Ron DeSantis. So it's like a watching two of your two of your worst enemies just destroy each other. Basically, you're watching the Republican Party over here on one side, and you're watching Disney on the other side, and you're uh, being that Japanese guy from the first. Uh, uh, legendary Godzilla film. You're just you're watching the Republicans in Disney, and you're going, "Let them fight." Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what you're doing. That's fucking funny. Yeah, it's sometimes difficult. It, we're in this weird part of American history where, like, uh, warning. Ann Coulter is out there, like, I'm a far right, horrible person. And you shouldn't listen to a word I say. And I'm like, I hate this woman. I hate this woman. She's horrible. And she's like, yeah. And Trump's a piece of shit. And it's like, I don't want to agree with you. But it's, yeah. on one hand, like Ron DeSantis is out here in Florida saying, Disney, Disney are grooming children. Disney is full of a bunch of pedophiles. Disney is horrible. Disney is ruining American society. And I'm like, that is all a lie. And then he says so that's, that's why, why Disney should be, be taken down, down because they're too big of a company and too big of a corporation and they should be taken down. And I'm like, I kind of agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't agree with the reasons why. Yeah. It's kind of a give and take. Like, oh, Disney's an evil corporation. I agree. So we should get rid of them. We should, we should cut them down to size. I agree, too. Because they're pedophiles and LGBT people are ruining America. And I'm like, ah, back up. Back, yeah. up. back it up a little bit. You lost me there. You, you were kind of on the right track there for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, like, we were on the same page. We were on the same page until suddenly they were a bunch of different ages. Yes. So... And then it pisses me off because the, the Disney's uh, film Lightyear came out this weekend. Yes. And uh, it is premiering as the number two movie because people can't get enough uh, dinosaurs. And so 
Uh, yes, I'm talking about Jurassic World. Oh, I'm not saying that Tom Cruise is a dinosaur, although I like what you're, yeah, I see where you're going. It premiered at number two, and so you can already see a bunch of right-wingers saying, oh, uh, Disney's new movie bombed. You know why? Because get woke, go broke, because America is sick of Disney and their liberal agenda. It's like, no. Because this is a gritty reboot of Toy Story, and it's just confusing. This yeah, is like, like here, but it's Buzz Lightyear, but it's a different Buzz Lightyear, and it's voiced by someone else, and it's the true story, except it's also in the future. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's all confusing. And the new Jurassic Park movie has all of the guys coming back. So Lightyear did less than expected, but you can already see all the right-wing people saying, oh, that's because Disney got woke, and uh, it, there's a gay couple in the movie, and people don't want to see Disney. No, it just, how about it just didn't look like a good fucking movie? It just looks confusing. Like, as we were building up to the to light year, and as we were getting, like, little pieces here and there, starting with the Chris Evans thing, I was like, I have absolutely no interest whatsoever in this movie. You know? I, and, like, I, I like the first Toy Story movie, and I think I saw Toy Story 2 twice. Twi Sto Toy Story 2 once and haven't seen another Toy Story movie so fuck Buzz Lightyear he does look like he would turn off his body cam I like the third Toy Story movie I felt that the fourth Toy Story movie had a great character in Forky but also I didn't like the story at all yeah. of the fourth Toy Story movie I thought the ending was upsetting but I've never been that big of a Toy Story fan. So, no. I mean, I'm still going to see Lightyear because I get movies kind of sort of for free with my AMC I mean, list membership. The first one was remarkable because of its, because of its animation. And that's and the first time we've really seen animation like that on that scale. And it's phenomenal to look back at that first Toy Story now and see how far we've come because if you really pay attention, all of the kids at Andy's birthday are just Andy. Yeah. You see a scene where the kids are all running into the house to open presents and have cake and ice cream, and each one of them is just a cut and paste of the Andy model. Yes. So all of the kids are Andy because this is the first ever like fully CGI movie. And, oh, people won't pay attention to that. Yeah. And they're kind of right. They didn't. Yeah, so, right. So now it's, like, commonplace. So, I, I, I don't care about Buzz Lightyear. I don't care it's the real Buzz Lightyear. You know? Yeah, it's just confusing. It's confusing. Yes. I to do. But, blame, but let's blame the gay people instead. Yeah. Like, I would like to see like Buzz Lightyear's standalone film to maybe get some traction so that Disney will continue along the line of unique storylines as opposed to let's just rehash stories that have already been. Yeah, I would. Okay. I see what you're saying. I would like to. 
them, you know, to make shitty original stories. Yeah. But I want them to make more original shit. I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. You're making a wonderful point that I would rather see them get their characters and give them original stories than see them make the same movie, the same movies again, but in real life. That, that The Lion King was a great animated movie, and it's like, hey, what if we remake The Lion King, but make it look shittier? Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's a live-action Lion King. No, it's not. No, it's not. Did you find a young lion cub that is able to sing and dance? If not, then you're a fucking liar. This is live-action. Fuck you! So you actually found a lion that can kill another lion with a wildebeest stampede that is expertly choreographed? No, then it's not live action. Fuck off! Yeah. So, I'm going to see Lightyear tomorrow night after my gender-affirming appointment. Gender-affirming? Gender-affirming? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Cool. Today is Father's Day, and as we are recording this, so happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I am not celebrating because I celebrated Mother's Day. Today is just another Sunday for me, and it feels weird. Yes, it's Juneteenth. It is Juneteenth. When I went to church today, the, the homily after the gospel was all about Juneteenth, and that made me feel good. And I feel that that's something that they wouldn't do in a Catholic church or even a Christian church. But at my Episcopalian church, where their main tenet is we welcome everyone, regardless of whether they're gay or straight or homeless or trans or divorced or had an abortion. Like, hey, you're all welcome. You're all our brothers. Come on in. We're going to treat you like family. Brothers and sisters. Yeah. We're all family. And so, yeah, it was all about Juneteenth today. And it's like, that's awesome. I would never see an actual Catholic priest make their entire sermon about Juneteenth. You've got this much time. Hit it. Okay, there's a thing going on on Twitter for reparations. Like, it's Juneteenth here in Black Why don't you give money to black folks? I'm down with that. Yeah, I'm down with that. I think this has been an exciting running out the meter, which is yes. time the spontaneous segment that we do if chap is short. Next week will be a fairly long chap. I don't know when we'll be running out the meter, but because I've got a great gritty Sesame Street story for Steve's historic approximations that I'm really excited to talk about. But yes, so that has been running out the meter. We will see you whenever we have more time to burn. We are going to take a quick break for, oh shit, what's it called? Um, Dabney's Dystopian Nightmare? Dreams. Dabney's Dystopian Dreams? Yes. Nice. We're going to be taking a short break. And then when we come back, we'll be talking about this week's movie, the ridiculous 2020 film, Corona Zombies, which might be okay. <laughs> I like what they're going for, but also, I haven't watched it in shit. I, 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 I came up with the perfect 
the perfect description of this movie, like the perfect tagline. Okay. It is a. And it's like. Oh, yes, it was. Watch these videos from Undead Cow Studios and the Pope on Film. Okay, so I'm gonna show you one of my favorite books in the world, and it's right here. And it's called Heaven is Real and Fun by Kim Robinson. And then here's the subtitle. It actually says, you don't float around wearing diapers and eating grapes. I love this book so much. This woman believes that, like literally believes that when she prays, Jesus takes her from earth and lets her play in heaven. Uh, here's what the back says. Since 1988, the Holy Spirit has been taking me to heaven. Jesus would show me various fun places and allowed me to do fun things. I asked, why, why was he showing me these places? Daddy slash God said, because people think all they do here is float around wearing diapers, eating grapes, or doing nothing but bowing before me. So this is my favorite passage of the book, and it's called Play Gel Balls. Okay. I'm not sure if this... Hold on. I'm going to do this in two parts. Okay. You ready for this? This morning while worshiping, I was caught up in the spirit and stepped over into heaven when I heard Jesus say, Come play gel balls. 
It's like a water balloon, but the ball is full of giggly joy gel. You can squeeze it into yourself. When you put one in yourself, you laugh intensely. You're in the, in the spirit realm. You can place things into yourself as if you were transparent. When you try to hit the other person with these joy gel balls, they try to get hit. So it will go into them, and they will intensely laugh. They can also catch it and squeeze it into themselves, intensely laugh and keep playing. Heaven is so fun and filled with intense laughter. This reminded me of Job 8.21 that says, He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with joyful shouting. Hello there. Yeah, so anyway, I love this book. I love this book so much, and a lot of people have asked me, why do you love this book so much? And and the thing that I love about this book is that it, this isn't a joke. This person actually believes uh, chapter 2, Daddy, God, and the Holy Spirit in Heaven. It, this woman actually believes that she can leave Earth and travel to Heaven where she has a vaguely uh, a high sexual tension relationship with Jesus. There's a passage in here where she's slow dancing with Jesus. Fragrance of Jesus. Like this woman wants to bang our Lord and Savior. And I, I just love this. I, I just... Jesus is in me. Jesus is in me. This woman wants to bang Christ. And I just love this book because if 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 you're on the street and you're pushing a shopping cart and the police ask you, what's up with you? And you say, oh, I, I, I've been talking to Jesus. He takes me. He takes me to, uh, to roller coasters. Roller coasters in heaven. You don't uh, just float around on a cloud wearing divers and eating grapes. Then you'd be put in an institution or a prison and you'd rot in there for the rest of your life. But if you're an old white woman and you say those things, then uh, congratulations, you're a prophet. It's, it's insane. This woman is clearly insane. Hey, everybody, it's me, Mickey Mouse. Say, you want to come inside? You want to come inside? You want to come inside? Oh, my God! Wow! Want to see a real weasel? Elon fucking Musk. The trust fund baby born with a silver spoon in his mouth who considers himself a self-made man thinks he's too good to pay taxes. Yeah. This stupid Tony Stark who cosplays as a working class hero had the balls to say, if they come for my money, they'll be coming for yours next. Like we haven't been getting fisted by this government's infinity gauntlet for the last four decades. Bitch, don't dare pretend to be one of us if you can't even pay your taxes. But then again, we wouldn't name our kids this. Whatever the fuck this is, Christ's sakes. We feel you, little... this. Your dad's a large lump of selfish piece of shit, and we suffer along with you, little man. 
us all killed as soon as we're finished building his life-supporting dome city. At least you'll have your therapist to dump all the vitriolic pile you've built up towards a narcissistic father who doesn't know how to show love. Eat the rich. Now, please enjoy this video from our good friend, Liz Day. She pays taxes. I'm gonna procrastinate a little bit more. Oh, oh, I'll hit number strings without my right hand. Using my left hand, singing. I need to quit singing so I can start drinking. Here I go. In the city, night is a while. Steaming the subway, the world is on fire. Woman, you won't make give me a sign. Catch my breathing, even closer behind. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
through the ground I'm a hot down after you I smell like a sound I lost in a crowd And I'm hungry like I was Cross the line I discord and rhyme I'm on a hunt down after you My mouth is alive With juices and wine And I'm hungry like I was <laughs> Stuck in the forest, too close behind To be a funny by the moonlight side Have a drum on your skin so tight You feel my heat, I'm just a moment behind And touch with the ground I'm on a hunt down after you I smell like a sign I'm lost and I'm found And I'm hungry like the world I straddle the line I discord and rhyme Howling and winding after you My mouth is alive I'm running inside And I'm hungry like the world It's discord and rhyme Cause I'm on a hunt down after you My mouth is alive With juices and wine I'm on a hungry like the wolf Burning the ground Break from the crowd I'm on a hunt down after you I scented the sound I'm lost and I'm found And I'm hungry like the wolf Crunch line A discord and rhyme I'm on a hunting after you My mouth is alive I run inside And I'm hungry like the wolf Oh no I bust a sweat doing that song That deserves a drink Don't mind if I do so until next week, this is so wrong. Who got a problem with me? Bum, bum, Coronavirus. Round zero of the virus.
This was taken moments ago at the Wuhan China Soup Factory, where they were testing their newest flavor, bat soup. Hurry! Shut down the goddamn soup pots now! Yes, Chef Donahue! The infected are somehow transforming into violent and ravenous flesh eaters. Corona zombies? president has declared a nationwide lockdown. The Corona Squad has been assembled to help protect America. Citizens are asked to immediately quarantine. Haven't you heard of social distancing? Six feet, kid. Stop touching your face. I get Corona, I get Corona. Get drunk before everything closes. <laughs> Gotta stop this Corona catastrophe one way or the other. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Night is very dramatic. It's time, buddy! It is time. Yes, buddy, my friend, it's time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast. Cha-cha real smooth into the second half of the show. And it is said second half wherein we finally ineventually get around to discussing our all-new low-fat, same great taste, but with half the calories movie week. And this week we continue our summer-long look at COVID exploitation films, verbal copyright 2022. Reverend Steve and the Pope on film, with a look at the ridiculous 2020 film, Corona Zombies. And let me explain uh, the reason why we're doing this film. Last week, we did the Natesh Patel film, Anti-Coronavirus, or as I called it, Fake Crying the Movie, and that was shit. Yes, it was. That was so bad, and it was so heavy-handed, and so sappy, and so badly written, and so badly acted, and so badly done, that when I learned that the film uh, had its roots in Tucson, Arizona, that's when everything made sense. But uh, the movie was such a downer that we weren't going to do Corona Zombies, but I was pretty sure that this film was at least so dumb that it was fun, so... It's full moon features. At least we can try and have some. At least this, 
there's not a lot of these COVID exploitation films that are fun in any way. Yeah. A lot of them are, are like, hey, we're poking fun at the coronavirus because it's really silly because it doesn't exist because of the dirty liberals and the Jews. And it's like, okay, well, this isn't any fun. And the other ones are a serious look at the dangers of the coronavirus. And it's like, that's not fun. But at the very least, the makers of Corona Zombies tried to have some fun with it, and there were one or two moments interspersed with some dumb, stupid, idiotic jokes where I did find myself laughing. Well, that's that's what I was saying when, before we were so rudely interrupted. Yes. What, what was your perfect uh, description of this film? This movie is amusing that weaves in and out of obnoxious. Yes. It had its moments. I There was a line that was so good I wrote it down. Nothing like a tight ass and a face full of clown makeup to help try and stop a worldwide pandemic. That's a gold freaking line of dialogue. Yes. Yes. And the rest of it is just stupid. Then you got huge patches of stupidity. Yeah. And misogyny. And then I and then I like like I read about it and then it's like, oh, so this is a modern day take on What's Up Tiger Lily, which is a Woody Allen film that I actually enjoy. Despite the fact that at the end of it, it's an Asian woman doing a striptease, and Woody Allen's like, I promised I'd get her in the picture somehow. And it's like, oh, you married your daughter. So the end of this film takes a decidedly different turn. Yes. When you know that story. But, like, watching this movie, I'm such a big fan of What's Up, Tiger Lily, where a very young Woody Allen bought the rights to a, a Japanese spy movie and redubbed it to be about an egg salad sandwich recipe, I think? Yes. Is what it is? The like, greatest egg salad sandwich recipe. Yeah, I'm such a big fan of that stupid movie that while I was watching Corona Zombies, I expected the filmmakers to add in scenes where the, uh, uh, a loving spoonful showed up. Yeah. Yes, Woody Allen, the, the way that, that it is, is it, my dad went to go see it at the Douglas, Arizona drive-in when he was younger, because Woody Allen was a comedian, and he wrote books, and it was really funny, and this was Woody Allen's first film, and everyone was all excited that Woody Allen was going to make the film, so they went to go see this movie, and like the first five minutes were all in Japanese with no explanation. And people, and people at the, the drive-in drive were pissed, and they were yelling and screaming and honking their horns. They had to stop the movie, and the manager of the drive-in had to come out and tell everyone, Look, this is the movie you paid for. I am sorry. And then eventually Woody Allen shows up, and the way that he explains it is, they paid me a million dollars to make the greatest spy movie. So I bought on the cheap the rights to a Japanese film and just dubbed it. And I'm... Keeping the rest of the money to myself. And so he just does a Japanese movie and then just appears like a couple of times during it to say a few things. And it's so stupid, it's fucking wonderful. 
It's the only movie of his that I can stand. Yeah, he, he, he bought, bought the rights right to a Japanese film and dubbed it. And it's so, so stupid. Like, like there's, there's one, one film where, where there's, there's one scene in the beginning where this bad, bad guy like breaks into a house to try and kill the spy. And he's like, who do you work for? Who do you work for? And the bad guy goes, ugh, ugh, no one. I freelance. Yeah, I love this stupid movie. Yeah, a lot of it comes from there. So, 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 so this, this movie, Corona Zombies, they literally just got a 1980 Italian film called Hell of the Living Dead, and they got one of their own company's movies called Zombies vs. Strippers, and got actual news clips and, like, clips of Donald Trump, and they edited it, they edited it and dubbed it into a Six, into a 61-minute movie where it's about how the coronavirus is turning people into songs. Basically. That's the end of the podcast, because basically that's it. But one thing that I did want to mention... That's very pretty. Very pretty. Thank you. One We should sit down and watch What's Up, because that movie is a wonderful film. The Corona Zombies? Yes, yeah, what about, what about it? it? What? That, that the coronavirus is going to turn people into zombies? Yeah, yeah that, that is totally what that. And that's basically the plot of this movie. It should go to you. It should absolutely go to you. Yeah, we're going to sue Charles Band. So this isn't just a full moon picture production, Bonnie. Oh, no, my friend. This movie was directed by Mr. Charles Band. The founder of Full Moon Pictures, the man who also directed uh, Parasite, Trancers, Prehysteria, Evil Bomb, The Ginger Dead Man, a few of the puppet master films, and also a little flick from 1992, maybe you've heard of it, Dr. Mordred? Yes. Which, if you want to learn more about Dr. Mordred, be sure to listen to the Pope on Film, episode 291. Uh, it's yeah, also one of the films that they're, they're doing, doing in this new uh, self uh, uh, fan funded season of Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. That you, you, you get, get to watch, watch the episodes if you, if you pay for it, and then it'll, you get to go to a special website where you get to watch it. I. 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 I, I, I love Mystery Science Theater in theory. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And they replaced the person again. So Jonah is gone. And... It's a woman. Now it's a woman in space. It's no longer the, the guy who was before. Joshua Ray? And I'm sorry, Joel, you're not dead. Get your ass on the fucking camera. Yeah. Joel, it's you. Joel's still kicking. Yeah, it's yeah, still, still Felicia Day and uh, dude. Like, Patton Oswalt. Dead, dead wife, dude. His wife died of like cancer. Yeah. He left the kid. Now he's happily married again to another person. Uh, he is happily married to the actress who starred in the 
80s Disney film, The Journey of Natty Dan, and I had the biggest fucking crush on her when I was a kid. So when I learned that Patton Oswalt is married to the woman who I had a crush on when I was a child, that blew my mind. Uh, Pat Oswalt might as well be married to Winona Ryder. You know, when it comes to crushes from my childhood. Fuck. So, uh, Corona Zombies. The movie was rushed so damn hard. This movie was rushed so much that it was released on April 10th, 2020. Nice. The lockdown started like March 10th. So they literally made this movie in 28 days and rushed it out as a digital download. In the hopes of just being like last week's movie, Anti-Coronavirus by Mitesh Patel, they just rushed into this in the hopes of being one of the first people to make a movie about the coronavirus. They, uh, Corona Zombies wasn't the first film to come out about the coronavirus, but they were one of the first. So that's one of the positives of uh, just what's up, Tiger Lily in the movie, is that you can do that stuff on Twitter. Yes. Now, my, my question here is, if you are doing a parody of a movie that is parodying Dawn of the Dead. Are you also, in fact, parodying Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, that's the thing about Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead is that I don't know the 1980 Italian film Hell of the Living Dead that comprises the majority of this film, but if uh, uh, George Romero taught me anything, it's that at the end of the film... Everyone will die. Yes. In some way. And so it's like, oh, we're going back to the soup manufacturing plant. Okay, I'm going to assume that everyone there is a zombie and they're going to die. Oh, spoiler alert for Corona zombies. Yes. Spoiler alert for a 1980s Italian film, but... It, most of the time, if you're watching a zombie film, there's a good... It, it, it's a somewhat safe bet. What? Everyone's going to die at the end. Okay, yeah. Yes. Yep. Unless it's zombie. I, I saw the second zombie land movie the day it came out. I could not tell you at all what happened except for an end credit scene with Bill Murray. I couldn't tell you anything else that happened in the entire film. And I was so excited for a second Zombieland film, but I couldn't tell you anything that happens other than what happens to Bill Murray. So something tells me there won't be a third. And I'm not crying about that. I'm going to get on estrogen, Bunny. Yes, you are. There's not a lot. It's Corona Zombies, the movie. Whatever you're thinking... When you hear Corona zombies, it happened. What? There's a there's a shortage of toilet paper. Zombies. There's a few uh, 
parts of the film that were actually filmed, and it's this blonde woman, Barbie, talking to her best friend, Kendra, and they're like, oh my god, girl, you, you, you need, you don't have, huh? No, 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 it's, no, it's just One of them, I think, lives in a trailer park. Apparently, the Corona Zombies was so successful that they made two sequels, Barbie and Kendra saved the Tiger King, and Barbie and Kendra storm Area 51. Naruto run? I'm assuming. I would not watch those films if my life depended on it. No. No. It's like that scene from Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Don't you hear me? It's your husband's life or your face of Wonka bars. How long do I have to think it over? We're either going to kill you, or you're going to sit down and watch Barbie and Kendra save the Tiger King. And it's like, well... Yeah, it would be, but that does look amazing. That does look amazing. Yeah. What is that? Oh, I made chocolate chip pancakes, and uh, Eleanor prefers the blue color syrup that she put in umbrella and sprinkle. It's blue Captain Crunch flavored syrup, and well, it has Captain Crunch on it. I, I think I did a video about it on my kids' channel, but it's blue Captain Crunch maple syrup, and it's great. I love this stuff. Yeah. Blue is blue flavor. It's blue flavored maple syrup. My favorite flavor is blue. Yeah. Yeah. Jeannie raises the important question: What does blue taste like? It tastes like all of those old-school York Peppermint Patty commercials. When I taste the great flavor of blue, I feel like I'm skiing on top of a mountain. You know one of those commercials? Yes. York Peppermint Patties? Are those still a thing? They, they are? I know not the commercials, but York Peppermint Patties is still a thing? I always hated them. Junior Mints, yeah, Junior Mints. Yeah, they were like the dad of Junior Mints' children. Corona Zombies, this movie was so damn rushed, so damn hard. The lockdown started in March 2020, and total crazy beast Charlie Band pretty much immediately started working on this film, which uses dubbed over footage of a 1980s Italian film a Hell of the Living Dead, and a film called Zombies vs. Strippers, as well as actual news clips. It's a modern day, what's up, Tiger Lily? It's dumb, stupid fun, but it gets really annoying. But then there are parts that are funny. I, it, The thing that pisses me off about The Walking Dead is that they live in a universe where they haven't, where they didn't know what zombies were before zombies appeared. That pisses me off. Yes. I want a zombie movie. I like zombie movies where it's like 
Because that's one of the things that I, I, that's one of the things that I liked about, fuck, what, what was the name of that weird ass movie? The, the Dead, Dead Don't, Don't Die. Die. Yes. That was one of the things about the, about the movie The Dead Don't Die that I liked so much. Huh, all these people have been destroyed. What do you think caused it? Probably a wild animal. Or maybe two. What do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking a wild animal. Or two. What do you think? And it's just Kylo Ren going, Uh, zombies? I'm thinking it's zombies. <laughs> So I don't like The Walking Dead because it's like, oh no, these, these, these dead living walkers. And it's like, I, I just want a zombie movie where it's like, shit, a lifetime of watching George Romero films is about to pay the fuck off. Yes. Let's go to fucking Home Depot. We're ready for this shit. I've been prepared all my life for this. I have, I have a back covered in barbed wire signed by Mick Foley that has been waiting for this exact fucking moment. Yes. So, so, so like, I appreciate this film, like, like they have some of the characters named, like, named after famous, like, zombie movie directors, like... Argento. Argento and, and stuff like that. Like, oh, I like that. That's a cute little nod. Yeah. But also, this gets real fucking annoying. It does. That's exactly it. It gets funny sometimes. Frisco is confusing. But not enough. Like, another thing that I liked about this movie is that just like What's Up, Tiger Lily, the plot is confusing, but also, you don't have to pay attention to the plot. No. There aren't a lot of movies out there where the plot doesn't matter. But it, Casino Royale is one of those films. What's Up Tiger Lily is one of those films. And Corona Zombies. I, I don't know who have, I don't know who any of these people are that aren't the reporter lady. Yes. I don't know who any of these other people are. I know the reporter lady. I know the camera guy. No idea who any of these other fuckers are or what they're doing. But it's fine. Yes. Just sit and watch. It's fine. So it was not as much fun as I thought it was going to be. Because when I downloaded the trailer... It was like, okay, this looks like it could be fun. It looks like a, it looks like a Dawn and a Dead parody, yeah. you know. And they were definitely taking some of the same shots from Dawn and a Dead that you could see in the trailer. And then having watched it, it's like, uh, not really, you know. Yeah. And in the first couple of minutes, I was like. They're dubbed. Are they overdubbing their voices? And I had to look it up on Wikipedia, you know, to make sure I knew what I was seeing here. Wikipedia? The free online dictionary that anyone can edit? Yes. Yes. Now, funny to just mention Wikipedia, the free online dictionary that anyone can edit. Encyclopedia. The online encyclopedia that anyone can edit. Yeah. Yes. We're big fans of Wikipedia here, the free online encyclopedia that anyone can edit. I, I, I am a big
big fan of Wikipedia for information that I want to know, but don't necessarily care if it's true. That I mentioned that to an old lady when I worked at the bookstore. She, I was, she wanted to find this book on Wikipedia in the business section. We had it, and I gave it to her, and she said, "Have you heard of this Wikipedia thing? It's anyone can edit it. Why would you believe any of the the proof on there? Why would anyone use it?" And I said, "Well, I use it." And she's like, well, why would you use it? And I said, well, I wouldn't use it for a paper. I wouldn't use it if I'm learning about World War II or learning about a famous civil war battle or learning about the life of a president. But if I want to know the names of the two actors who played the same character on Bewitched, Wikipedia. Yeah. Free online encyclopedia that anyone can edit. Yeah. It's something I would go to for important things, but if I want to know about the cast of All in the Family, Wikipedia. If everything that I read and learned about Corona Zombies from reading its Wikipedia Wikipedia page turns out to be horribly, horribly wrong, so the fuck what? (laughs) It's Corona Zombies. Wikipedia also really helps me sometimes with movies. Like, uh, I went to see the movie The Lighthouse, and then when I was done watching the movie Lighthouse, I'm like, I'm really confused. I better turn to Wikipedia, the free online encyclopedia that anyone can edit. It's like, okay, this helps me a little. Yes. I understand the plot a little bit more. I did that with the movie Men, the British horror movie Men that came out this year. And once I was done, I was like, what the fuck was this? <laughs> this looks like a job for Wikipedia, the free online dictionary that anyone can edit. The free online encyclopedia. But it didn't help me either. No. The, the movie, the, whole, the British horror movie Men was so confusing that I came home and Natasha said, so did you like the movie? And I, all I did was give her the, passage, the plot of the movie Men from Wikipedia, the free online encyclopedia that anyone can edit, and she read the film, and she read the plot on Wikipedia and went, what the fuck did I just read? And I'm like, yeah! Imagine me in an empty movie theater. It's an incredible film, and everyone should watch it. So, so were you feeling like uh, that one guy in the movie trailer when when he came out and asked how he liked the movie, and he just said, me. Yeah. Yeah. Me. <laughs> Funny. <sighs> this isn't a now issue. It's not a soon issue. Eventually, looking at Twitch, eventually I'm going to learn how to draw a female me. Oh, yeah. Good. Okay. Okay. I'm looking at that Steve, and... And then I'm looking at my little box here on the bottom right, and... It's, it, it's not a pressing issue. No, the whole, the whole thing kind of needs an overhaul. Yeah. And I, I was going to bring it up earlier, like... Monologue, 
not really much of a monologue anymore. It's more of a give and take, so... I don't know. Something needs to be done about this. And yes, the frame overall... I like the monologue. It feels like the Muppet Show. I, I think I think there's nothing we could do about Shap, and I think you made that very clear. Shap is Shaptastic. Yeah. I really dig the graphic. It's just the image of me as a man. The long, the farther I go on my road to transfer, the more it just... It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. So I just wanted to bring it up. It you, you, you give me the picture, and okay. it's pretty much a done deal. Okay. One positive I can say about Corona Zombies, it's 60 minutes and 31 seconds long. How much longer does it need to be? Yes. You know, good for you. And I, and I like the idea of the film, and I do think more people should get old movies and redub them. I think that you could get the giant claw and redub it to be about some sort of angry Muppet kaiju. And he used to be a small Muppet, and he got pissed off that so many people were sticking their fist in his asshole that he grew into a large size and is now out for revenge, and the only person that can stop him is a walking, talking sexual harassment lawsuit. It, I think I, we need a little more backstory about the time when Big Bird was in the Navy. Yeah, you know, conducting experiments. Yeah, and he was, yes, he, he was, Big Bird himself was injected with a lot of chemicals, which did not necessarily affect him. But he was on shore leave, you know, he was on shore leave one night and. One thing led to another. You know, he was he was spinning the bird feed, and the giant claw was the result of Big Bird's unholy union with Colonel Sanders. You can absolutely do that because the giant yes. claw is public domain, and you don't even have to worry about copyright strikes from like incidental music because you're just redubbing the whole thing. I think more people should be doing dubs, I guess. Ten minute warning. Okay. So the coronavirus in this movie began with that soup? Yes, that flavored soup. Am I getting that right? Yes. From Scamble's Soup? Scamble, Scamble Soup Company, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what more can you say about Corona zombies, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, at least the film is trying to have fun. Next week's movie. There we go. Still, still, the, the other one, 2025, so far. I think is the superior oh. Corona exploitation movie. This no. one tried, and I had some hope for it. 
Yeah. Well, I think... This movie did not... The best thing I think you could say about this movie is this movie will not just make you angry. One good thing I think you can say about this movie is that it doesn't take itself seriously, like 2025, yes. a world enslaved by a virus, and Mitesh Patel's anti-coronavirus. So at least this one's trying to have some fun. They can take our lives, but they can never take our freedom. Yeah, at least this one's fun. I only know the general plot of next week's movie. Uh... I believe it's just called Corona. It's a 2020 film about a group of people stuck in an elevator. Okay. And one of them has the coronavirus, and it's all ad-lib. Doesn't that sound great? And it's all ad-libbed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, this is gonna be fun. Why do you hate us? Why do you hate us? The theme of the summer is COVID exploitation. There are directors out there that once they saw a worldwide pandemic, the first thing that they came up with is how can I make a cheap movie that exploits this? So all of the movies we're going to be watching are shit. It says a lot that of all the movies we're watching this summer, the most famous actor is Kevin Nash. Yes. What the fuck? Kevin Nash from the Academy Award-winning film Rock of Ages. Yes. Fucking Rock of Ages. Hey, man. Hey, man. No. The monkey is K-Man. No, he's not a monkey. <laughs> the monkey is K-Man. Not a monkey. Man, yeah, Arsenal was, was the best band. How much do you think of Wolfgang von Holt? Well, you haven't seen it yet. This did That thing that I was talking about is finally done and in Dabney's apartment. Of oh, yeah. Wolfgang von Colt, surrounded by some of the worst albums of all time. I want to rock. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I found a small-time punk band that I am obsessed with. Their music is on YouTube, and it's on uh, Spotify. Their band is called Dangerous Night's Crew. They're a small-time punk band, and every song of theirs is based on a different skit from the greatest TV show of all time. I think you can leave with Tim Robbins. I think you should leave with Tim Robbins. I have been listening to them nonstop, and I love them. So shout out to the band Dangerous Nights Crew. The, shit, the Netflix show I think you should leave with Tim Robinson is currently working on season three. And I sincerely hope that the band Dangerous Nights crew is ready to give us a third album. You may want to ask them if they want to take part in our overdub of the Giant Claw. Nice. I'm excited about it. Yeah, because we need to provide the soundtrack. Yeah, we need a band to. Uh, to uh, what's, what's up, up, Tiger Lily? You need to watch that movie. 
Yes. So much talk about What's Up Tiger. That movie sucks so bad. It's wonderful. This movie, this movie, this week's movie kind of sucks. Yeah. But that's all I've got for this week's movie. How much can you talk about a 60 minute film? Yeah. No. We almost had a conversation about this week's film that was longer than the film. We have done that before. Our conversation of Plan 9 from Outer Space was longer than Plan 9 from Outer Space, if I'm not mistaken. We didn't really have a discussion of Plan 9 from Outer Space. We did Plan 9 from Outer Space. Plan 9 from Outer Space, yeah. We did that. But Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop. Man, they made a sequel of that. I don't think we've ever done it. No, I haven't seen it. I wanted to see it when it was closer to the time where we saw Wolf Cop, but... They just added Werewolves to The Sims 4? Yeah. yeah, so everyone's on a werewolf right now. Okay. Because of The Sims 4. Uh, that's all I've got for this week's film. Corona Zombies. Uh, it won't hurt you. Yeah, mostly harmless. It's just one of those films that, like, if you're having a few drinks with some friends and you want to watch a bad movie, it, Corona Zombies, it's an hour. It's, yeah, it's bad on purpose, so it's fine. And if you're hanging out, you might only you might only hear the funny jokes. Yeah, so it's okay. Next week we're doing the 2020 movie just called Corona, and if I'm not mistaken, it's the same. If I'm not mistaken, it's the same movie that I'm thinking of. The entire, the entire film, film happens in an elevator that's entirely accurate. And that sounds great. How could that be bad? I... Oh, it's going to be wonderful. And then after that, we'll be doing the Kevin Nash. We'll be doing the Kevin Nash one. That's just an action film that's uh, with some light racism thrown in for fun. With light racism? Yeah, because... Uh, for flavor, you know... COVID-19, a disease ravaging the globe, started with Chinese communists who had sex with a bat, and it's up to an elite team of snipers to stop these dreaded Chinese commies, is basically the film. Okay. It's an excuse to get Kevin Nash and a gun to run around and pretend that he can act. So it's Rambo 6. Yeah. Uh, God, I hated the last Rambo film. But the scene at the end where he kills everyone to a song from the doors is a great scene. It's a horrible <laughs> movie with one good scene. Yeah. Just like, just like every Rocky film. Just like every Rocky film. Your version of Bloodsport from our monologue would be in the Rocky franchise, the film after Rocky V, but before all the Creed movies. Yeah. That one where he's like, I'm in my late 50s now. I'm going to box again. That movie. Yeah. That's what that one would be. So next week, we will be talking about Sesame Street. And it's dark CD underbelly. We will be discussing the what I'm sure is going to be a wonderful film, the move, the 2020 movie, just called.
called Corona about people stuck in an elevator. But now that I'm, that's next week. Now that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and the lows, Dr. Mordred, Vince McMahon being a piece of shit, wooden uh, bombs. I got to say, I think this has been a pretty good episode. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. I felt the same way, but I felt that you're the one who makes that distinction. So, yes, I concur. Good, sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of Natasha and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathen. And you do schwaffles and poopy tits. Avatar. Do 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 less than a minute. Do 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 do. Woohoo!